So good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, I guess, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, we're in Central. I think we're both in Central. Yeah, right? we're Central. We're both Central, so we're 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 still morning technically. Um, you might notice that Landon is missing from this little uh, setup here, but um, for those that may not know, he had a new baby earlier this week, and so um, it's certainly taking care of some things at home, um, going from one to two kids, I'm sure is a, it's a whole new balancing act. And so um, he's uh, he's being good dad support today. So um, so yeah, so it's, it's me and Billy today. If you guys have not had the pleasure of ever getting to listen to Billy or see him present, um, this is a, a great opportunity. If you have questions along the way, I love questions. I yes, love just, questions. Ask as many questions as you want. Yeah. So Billy's pretty much an open book. He will give you any, he will answer any question that you have, at least that's yep. been my experience with him. Um, so I first got to see you present, I believe it was Elevate of okay. 2018 in Cleveland, if yes. I'm remembering yep. all of this correctly. Um, but one of my favorite Billy Williams memories is when we were at BrainShare, this was past October, and um, you know, it was it was later at night, dinner was done, um, and I came up the elevator to go back to my room and here's this little mastermind group being led yeah. by Billy in the hallway. And so I loved it. Yeah, yeah, about it was, eight, ten people that were just yeah. there. We were just sharing ideas and sharing wisdom. I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. And so um, that's what you get when you uh, are with Billy. There, at, at any point, there's a breakout session and there's a lot of great information and knowledge being shared. And um, so, a life yeah. lesson. My, my kids complain. They're like, oh, my God, Dad, not another life lesson. You know, because <laughs> I turn everything into a business or life lesson. So they're like, no, not another life lesson. <laughs> if I can be at Walmart and I'll see someone and they'll say, Hey, how you doing? I'll say, oh, everything's great. And they go, oh, man, can you believe this? Next thing you know, that's a life lesson, you know, mm -hmm. but that's how my dad was. And so that being military, that's kind of how we are. Military really is as much about building leaders and mentoring leaders as it is about protecting our country. So we really look forward to that. Yeah. So um, anytime that. It, yeah. So now, you know, if you run into Billy at a conference or at the grocery store, you're probably yes. going to get a life lesson and yeah. at, at very minimal cost. You're going to get my opinion. <laughs> you're going to get my opinion. <laughs> yeah. if nothing else. What yeah. you do with that, you know, it's just like anything else. What you do with it's up to you. But I have no problem sharing it with you. you yes. Know? One of the things I'd like to share real quick before we get too deep into this is I want to make insurance simple again. You know, guys, we provide three buckets of money. I don't care how involved your insurance is. I don't care how deep the process is. It could be an airport. It could be a funeral home. It could be a, home, a PNC. Three pots of money. Money for you and your family. Money for others you'll end up owing. And then money to repair or replace what you choose to insure. Now, if you're commercial, your employees become your family. So it's always money for you and your family, money for others you'll end up owing, and then money to repair or replace what you choose to insure. From there, you break out the menu, just like you went to a restaurant, and it would say dinner items. Here's the menu. Breakfast items. Here's the menu. Our menu is money for you and your family. Here's the menu. Uninsured motors, underinsured motors, you know, medical payments, maybe rental car reimbursement, property. You know, if you're doing personal property, uh, maybe it's additional living expenses. These are this is money that's paid directly to you because there's a claim. Then there's money you'll end up owing to others whether that's general liability, whether that's medical payments, whether that's property damage. This is money that you're going to end up owing to other people. And we're going to cover that depending on what you choose. And then there's money to repair or replace whatever you choose to insure. So if I choose to insure my home, you'll help me repair or replace it. 
If I choose my car, you'll help me repair, replace it. If I'm writing a GL, there are things that you'll help me repair, replace. If it's loss of income, you'll help me repair or replace it. If it's life insurance, you're helping me repair or replace my loss of income. So don't make insurance complicated. It's real simple what we do. Right. Where it gets complicated is in the communication between finding out what my customers need, transferring that data and information to the carriers, processing the data, and then getting it back to me so I can get it back to my customers. That's where all of the problems happen, but the basics of insurance is so damn simple, Olivia, and yeah. we make this so complicated. Yeah. The reason why I've been lucky and been very successful in insurance is because I'm dumb enough to know how to keep things simple. Yeah. Okay. I don't try to make stuff complicated. Right. So I was talking to someone today and they said, which one's better, Billy? DocuSign, uh, right signature, sign now. Uh, they named off all these. Which one's better? I said, whichever one my AMS lets me send an electronic form. I don't really care which one it is. I need to send an electronic signature form. And if my AMS lets me use DocuSign, that's what I'm using. And if it lets me use WriteSign, that's what I'm using. Don't make this complicated, guys. So I'll shut up, Olivia. I know you No, that's okay. I mean, it is, it's very true. We create like a paralysis analysis all on ourselves before we even talk to a customer. Yes. So yeah, we, we very much get stuck in that. I think it's very emotional. Yeah, we're all yeah. emotional. It's like you and I were talking about right before yes. the call, and I was saying emotion sits between action, between thought and action. Mm -hmm. And the longer time or intensity or space you take between when you think of something that you know you need to do and when you actually do it, the more emotion fills that space. So if you know there's someone you need to call, don't think about it. Just pick up the damn phone and call. If you know that there's a problem you need to fix, don't worry about getting all this together. Just do it because the more time you take between thinking about something mm -hmm. and doing about and doing it, the more emotion is going to pull you in a million different directions. Yes. Yes. It's so true. Oh my gosh. And now you're saying, like, I know we just talked about it five minutes before we hopped on this call, but I'm like, and now I'm thinking through scenarios just in the last 24 hours where I let that, Emotion just it kind of it's, it festers and it grows and it leads to indecision. So yes, um, so yeah, out. yeah. So I think there's that old thing: if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you don't know it. You know, it's really crazy. You know, I have my video and document library. We have thousands of pages for agents and all this other stuff. I test my video library information three ways. Number one, I get a group of fifth graders together. So okay. I have several schools that are in the area. And I'll go to those schools and I'll say, can you guys understand this? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about insurance stuff. Yeah. And I'll go, yeah. can you guys understand this? And sometimes they can, sometimes they can. Then I'll explain and say, if I explain it this way, could you understand it? And they go, yeah, I think I'll get it. Then I go to the senior center and I'll get together some, you know, some old veterans, some VFW guys and veterans of foreign war guys and some seniors, 60, 70, 80 years old. And I'll go, can you understand this? Same thing I just explained to the fifth graders. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. And then I'll come back and I'll talk to our insurance agents, right? My, my members, my partner agencies and go, do you guys get it? Do you understand this? Fifth graders, seniors, agents. Why is it always that my agents are the ones that are, are the most confused about information. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm not trying to pick on agents because yeah. I'm an agent too. But yeah. the fifth graders get it. So I'll say something. Let's say I say Slack. And I'll go, okay, Slack allows me to talk directly to Judy, directly to Bob, directly to Sue. And instead of text messaging through my phone, I do it through one place. And that allows me to have that one-to-one -one communication. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they go, oh, okay. I get that. And then I'll talk to my seniors and they'll say, oh, wait, what do you mean? I'll say one-to-one. -one. So it's like a bat phone. I just have a bat phone to each person. And they go, oh, okay, I get that. And then I'll come and say, insurance agents, this is what Slack does. Oh, my God, Billy, 
Will it do this? Well, what about that? Will it sing? Will it dance? Will it make me breakfast? So what is Susie going to do? Oh, my God, Betty will never use that. I don't. It's like, really, guys? Mm-hmm. We have to stop making this so complicated. Yeah. We really do. Yeah. You know I'm shy, Olivia. You remember I'm, that, right? I I'm know, really I know. Shy. And I, I don't want to make you uncomfortable and push you out of your comfort zone at all. <laughs> I, I would never want to do that to you. Um, but, yeah, so one of, one of my favorite things to listen to you talk about, and I feel like I can't – I pick up something new every time I hear you present on it, is just the idea of accountability within mm-hmm. organizations. Um, because it is one of those things that we make very complicated. There's a lot of emotion that that plays into that. And so if, if it's, I think we've all seen it and we've probably all lived it. Um, so how, how do we, how do we start working through that and just be more diligent in our efforts to create accountability within the places that we work or the people that we manage? Okay. Business success is a formula. It's, it's the same formula as business luck. It's when opportunity meets preparation plus time management plus action. So let's break that down. I already told you, motion sits between thought and action. The way you control your emotions is by putting a checklist in place, having a process. When all I have to do is look at steps, I don't have to get emotional about it. So if this is my endorsement process, and these are the steps to my endorsement process, I don't have to get emotional. I just have to use the formula for success, which is opportunity, meaning when my customer calls or I call my customer, meets preparation, meaning the checklist has already been made and trained. Okay, I've got the checklist, I've got the workflow. So opportunity meets preparation plus time management, meaning I've already scheduled the time to make this happen or to spot check it and then take action. So all that, let's break that simple. I look and say, this is the endorsement process. These are the steps. This is what Judy is supposed to do or Bob is supposed to do. This is when I'm going to train them on this, and this is when I'm going to come back and spot check it. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And then stick to your schedule. Yeah. You know, and the real problem, you and I talked about this earlier, the real problem, most agents don't plan for success. Right. And when you have a schedule, you plan for success. You and I had this meeting scheduled. Yep. It wasn't a, you called me out of the blue and said, hey, Billy, you busy? Let's do a Facebook Live. Okay. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. No, no, it doesn't work that way. But that's how agents operate. So because we were scheduled, we were able to get it done. Agents, the first thing you're supposed to do on Sundays or Saturdays or whenever you plan your week is schedule family time first. Then after your after your family time, then you schedule in the important tasks, the things that are really, really important to get done. And then you fill in the rest of your calendar or whatever's left. Or you don't fill it in and just let the world kind of pull you wherever it needs to pull you. But if you don't figure that in, if you don't plan that, you're never going to hold anybody accountable. So accountability starts with scheduling the time for accountability, knowing what you're going to hold accountable, and then actually doing it because you scheduled it. Yeah. So what is your favorite scheduling tool then? I use Simply Book because I'm an investor in Simply Book, but they all work the same. They're a calendar tool. So whether you're using something on Google, Calendly, um, whatever else is out there, I just need to be able to schedule something. And the best way to determine technology is what works best within your existing rituals. Mm-hmm. See, there yeah. are habits yeah. and there are rituals. Okay. What's the difference? Okay. A habit means this is something that I'm used to doing because it's just I do it. A ritual is something that if I don't do it, I feel uncomfortable. Okay. So if as an African-American, part of our rituals, you're going to go to Big Mama's house on Sunday and you're going to have dinner. Okay. (laughs) You're going to have it. 
So the habit might be, oh, you know, I need to eat on a Sunday. That's the habit. Yeah. The ritual is if I don't do this, I now got to answer the big mom. And I'm not <laughs> trying to do that. I'm not trying to feel that right now. Right. So that's the difference, guys. Yeah. Your people don't feel uncomfortable yeah. when they do something that goes against the habits or the culture of the agency. Then it's not a ritual. And yeah. you almost have to make things ritualistic in order to really buy into the culture of things. Yeah. So when you're when you're putting habits in place, habits are just activities done over time. That's all they are. You just yeah. keep doing that same activity over and over and over brushing your teeth, doing all that, that's the habit. Right. Not brushing your teeth is when you feel uncomfortable. That's when you know brushing your teeth is a ritual. Yeah. Okay, and a ritual I do at the same time, same type. So if I I could brush my teeth at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that's a habit. You know, I know I need to brush my teeth. But not brushing them in the morning, that's the ritual that starts my day. And you can call it, this is just my explanation of it. You can call it whatever you want it. I've just learned to break it down. Some things are rituals and some things are habits. And I want to make sure my rituals are in place. Yeah. So then you're really identifying why you're doing what you're doing. You're not just doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which creates a bigger sense of commitment. And and that's the thing. It's all about culture, guys. Mm -hmm. If you don't establish a culture in your agency, then nothing's going to stick. Culture eats plans for lunch. Culture mm-hmm. eats business plans for breakfast. Okay. So, and culture eats meetings for dinner. Yeah. Culture is going to trump everything you're doing in your business. Culture starts with activity. If you don't force your people to do the activity, then they're never going to get the mindset. I can't stand when I hear agents say, I want my people to get the buy-in. How do I get the buy-in? You don't get the buy-in first. You perform the activity first. The buy-in comes because of the activity. Right. We buy in every day. We It's January. People know. They bought into that they need to lose weight. They right. bought into the fact that they need to exercise. They bought into all that crap, but they're not doing it. So how do you get them to do it? You perform the activity. You partner with someone. You have a, a coach who forces you to be there. You join a group that expects you to be there. So now you form the activity, and if you do the activity enough, the buy-in will happen. But if you try to start with the buy-in with your staff, you're making things ten times harder than they need to be. Yeah. Judy, I need you to send this email. End of story. I don't care if you believe in it. I don't care if you understand it. I don't care if you understand what's going to happen. Just send the dang email. And then when she sends the email and the customer calls back and says, I got the policy weakness email that said it was a problem. Let's talk about it. What do we need to do? Yeah. Now the buy-in will come because of the action. Yeah. So. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta lay the foundation first. Yes. And then start building from there. So, um, I am curious and I, this is, I don't know. We didn't really, we didn't talk about it. We we're winging it. This. We're winging it a little we're bit here. It. And you can because we're speaking from the heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to script things when they come from the heart. Yes. So I have heard and may have experienced where you get bombarded with meetings. With who? With meetings. Okay. Your day's full of meetings. So how do you, you know, sometimes the meetings aren't as, constructive as they should be right how do you create a solid meeting agenda and keep things moving um because i think that if we do that well we probably can accomplish twice as much in half the time but how, how do we how do we make that happen well that's going to go back to my military days well i'm, I'm my dad was military i was military so that's all i know is mm-hmm. kind of the military way of planning things In the military, we follow a who, what, when, why, where, how. Okay? And those fall under facts, goals, obstacles, solutions. So here are the facts. Who, what, when, why, where, how. Here are the goals. 
Who, what, when, why, where, how? Here are the obstacles. Who, what, when, why, where, how? And here are the solutions. Who, what, when, why, where, how? So when I sit down to form a meeting, when I'm, I'm structuring something, I just use my checklist. I just, that's my facts, goals, obstacles, who, what, why, where, how? And then I address each of those within the meeting. All right, guys, here's the deal. We're looking to acquire this agency. Here are the facts on this agency. Here's who's running it. Here's how much revenue they have. Here's how long they've been in business. Here's what their primary product is. And we just go down the list. What are the goals? Why do we want to be in Nashville, Tennessee? Why do we want to be in Decatur, Illinois? Why do we want to be in Savannah, Georgia? Who, what, when, why, where, how? Who's going to run that agency? Which of our operations managers or senior uh, CSRs are we going to pick up and promote to operations manager and move them to Savannah, Georgia so they can run that agency. Mm -hmm. So it literally is, I just follow that military way of thinking, yeah. facts, goals, obstacles, solutions, who, what, when, why, where, how. And that takes care of 95% of all questions I'm gonna do. Right, right. And obviously presents some significant time savings. Yes. Um, Cause I think that, you know, what I've experienced is sometimes we get in there, we get in these meetings and it's like, well, let's, let's, let's talk about this some more. Let's discuss it. Let's debate it. Let's, let's pick it apart. Even though the plan is fine, we get caught up in playing devil's advocate or something like that. Like we just find reasons to start dismantling the work that's already been put into, you know, into what, whatever it is that we're working on, you know, and the reason why. And the reason why is because we each think that what I'm talking about is this program uh, by a guy named T. Falcon Napier. It's called the Master Stream. And it's basically the way that you're supposed to make decisions, the way you're supposed to think, all that kind of stuff. So I took my military and then I took T. Falcon Napier's uh, Master Stream, kind of combined them. And what happens is he says we all think in a color. Okay. So facts are white. They are what they are. There is no emotion. There's nothing to that. Goals are green. They start to get a little more emotional. Obstacles are black. They're, they're dark and scary and, and all these other things. And then yellow is solutions. You know, they're colorful and bright. Well, each of our personalities kind of fills one of those colors. So when you get people in a room, you have people in there that are already looking for the obstacles. No matter what the issue, yeah. they're always going to look for the obstacles first. Then you have people that are goals. They don't even see the problems. You know, they just see, well, oh, we're going to be 20, you know, 20 million dollars. We're going to be a rapper. We're going to be a, a platinum rapper. Well, how do you plan on doing that? I don't know, but I know that's what I'm going to do. You know? <laughs> and then you got people that are solutions people. They got a solution before you even mention the problem. They already got a, a you know, they figured it out already. It's like, but we never even told you the problem. It's okay. I got a solution, you know, and then you got all those. And the problem is when you're in the room and you have all those people together, they're supposed to follow a flow. So the folks that are facts should go first. Then the goals people should go next. And then the obstacles people should go next. And then the solutions people should go next. Mm -hmm. So when I'm leading a meeting, I kind of divide that up and I say, okay, Judy's probably going to point out my problems. Judy, I want you to listen to what Bob, who's my goal guy, is going to bring up Bob. I want you to get with Sally, who's my accountant, who's going to give you the facts. Let Sally go first, then let Bob, then let Judy, and then Dave. We're going to bring you in because we know you're going to figure out all these problems. Yeah. By keeping that structure in a meeting, you don't get pulled in a million different directions. So now all I have to do is be the person that herds the cats. You know, <laughs> that's all I got to do. And most of the time in a meeting, I'm like, no, no, it's not your turn. I want to hear what Bob has to say. You know, I want to hear what Judy has to say. Yep. And that's the problem when everyone feels like if I don't say, if I don't jump in right now, yeah. I'm going to miss my time. I'm going to miss my opportunity to talk. So if they, everyone knows that they have an opportunity, yep. then the meeting goes a lot better. And in the military, you know, I grew up, like I said, my dad was military for 35 years. I was military for 21 years. In the military, if you don't have a good meeting, people die. Right. So right. He always had to make sure we had a good meet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So you've you've had some uh you've had some tougher lessons in leading effective meetings, yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. So really just everybody breathes and everybody listens. 
Yes. A lot more gets accomplished that. And way. you're gonna get your chance because yep. I know you're my obstacles person. Right. You're the one like to point out the problems, and I want you to point out the problems. Right. I just want you to point out the problems based on real facts and real goals. Yeah. Yeah. So no, knowing the strengths that each one of those individuals is bringing to the table, this is what they represent in that. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm already thinking through people I know and where they would fall into that. So that's, that's good. Um, so the acquisition market is huge, and I don't, yeah. I don't know when that's going to slow down. It won't. Yeah. it won't. Agents are aging out and they don't have succession plans. So the big boys, the Brown and Browns and the Double R Berkeleys and all those, they're, you know, the Donnellys, they're coming in and they're swooping up stuff for 10, 15 times EBITDA. And then there are other folks who don't want to sell all of their agency. They just want better management. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to slow down at all for a long time. Right. So what has been, you know, what has been your I, your model as far as acquisitions or, or being part of an agency. The ownership. Like, part yep. of the ownership. Team. Yep. I use the Shark Tank approach. I always have. I, I think we were out before Shark Tank was out, you know, yeah. which is I don't need to own your agency. I just need a little piece of your agency because it's part of my revenue stream. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm going to do three things. Hiring, training, and accountability. When you look at Shark Tank, which I think we've all seen the show, they don't bring on Mark Cuban because they need money. Right. They bring on Mark Cuban because they want his contact, yep. his wisdom. They want his influence. They want his connection. That's what they want. And so that's what my model is. People don't bring me in. I'm not a bank. So they don't bring me in because they need money. In fact, if you tell me you need money, I'm getting the hell away from you. Because, right. you know, that's what a bank is for. Right. You're bringing Billy on because Billy's got 17 years of doing this, a billion-dollar book of business and revenue under management, connections. He's got the experience. And more importantly, the three things, because I keep everything very simple. If I can't break it into threes, I got a problem. Hiring, training, and accountability. So if I know we're hiring right and I know we're training right, and I know we're holding people accountable. What did I just do? I just control the culture of the agent mm -hmm. because those are the three things that set the culture, the hiring, the training and the accountability. So once I can be involved in those, I can grow any agent. Yeah. You know? So how do you go about your, I'm assuming you get approached quite actively as far as acquisition opportunities. We, um, Except maybe 2% of the people who actually approach us. So in an average month, I may get 100 calls saying, hey, Billy, I like what you said. I'm, you know, I'd love for you to guys, love for you guys to look at our agency. And a lot of times it's simply for evaluation. They don't know how to value their agency. Yeah. You know, and so they're looking for us that. So maybe 2% of the time I actually sit down and have a real serious conversation about acquisition. And how, how do you identify a mismatch at that point? They they won't allow me to deal with the hiring, training, and accountability. Pure and simple. I mean, it's, keep it very simple. But we've had the same people for 50 years. Okay, what are we doing to hold those people accountable? Oh, leave Susie alone. You know, she's been here for 25 years. The customers love her. You know, she knows everything there is to know about insurance. You don't need to talk to her. If I can't hold her accountable, I don't need to micromanage her. Yeah. I just need to hold her accountable. If I can't hold her accountable and you won't allow me to hold her accountable, there's nothing I can do for your agency. Because I'll go into an agency and we'll bring in our checklist and our workflow and I'll I'll go in and say, okay, Judy, show me how you do this. Well, we do this, this, and this, and this. Show me how you do this. And you know we find out? Judy's been working in the agency for 25 years. But Judy has no clue what she's really doing. She's just been doing stuff. She's been duct taping her position for 25 years. Yeah. Okay, but there's no efficiencies. There's no written plan. There's no job aid book. There's no real. She's just winging it. Yeah. And so when we say, well, let's look at how we can make this more efficient. Oh, I, I don't. Okay. I'm not trying to change everything. Let, let me jump onto this. 
I use this thing called a GGO10. For all of you guys that are taking taking notes, I don't know how many people are taking notes. Hopefully, everybody is, because because I'm gonna charge you for this if you try to call me one on one. So <laughs> okay, GGO10 acronym, military guy. The first G is great. The second G is good. The O is okay. The 10 is the number of things that the average staff person in an agency does in a day. They may tell you they do 50 things in a day, but reality is they do about 10 things. Four things they do great. Three things they do good. And three things they do okay. The four things they do great, I'm not going to mess with you. I'm going to spot check every now and then just to make sure you're still doing them great. But I'm not going to bother you. I'm just going to make sure that continues. The three things you're doing good, I'm going to have you write up a checklist. Because if you can't write it out, I can't pass it on to anybody else. And good means you probably don't remember it off the top of your head every time. Right. Great. What you do great, it's like you don't have to think about it. Because you're great at it. But the good things are what you forget to do. You miss something. You skip something. I should have said this. I should have sent that. So I want the checklist. The okay things are the things I'm going to train you on. Because these are things that are important in my business. That I need you to become not just stay okay. I need you to move to good or great. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to put a lot of time training you on okay things that are important. I'm going to make sure that you understand the checklist for the things that are good and the things that are great. I'm going to leave you alone. In fact, I'm going to have you train someone else on the things that are great. If an agency won't allow me to do that, we're not going to be a good fit. Because for me, running an agency is a military-type operation. And if I can't bring in a military-type mindset and, and apply it, and that doesn't mean bossing you, yelling at you, screaming at you. It means efficiently doing things and spot checking. In the military, I carried a weapon for 21 years. And you know what? I got spot checked on that weapon for 21 years. I cleaned, I cleaned that weapon and there was a sergeant that was always, even, even though I was a warrant officer or whatever else, there was a sergeant that was around that was spot checking, was this done right? There was the armorer that would take your weapon when you got ready to turn it in and they would spot check and make sure that it was clean and make sure that there were no no uh, bullets in it, make sure whatever, because that was part of the process. But agents remove themselves from that. The agent becomes the number one salesperson in the agency, and they forget their job is to be the number one spot checker in the agency. And those agencies that are big, those are the ones that they have accountability and spot checking. So when you look at at these meetings and these conferences, and all the three to five million dollar revenue agents are sitting around talking about all the latest technology and all the latest this. You know who's not in the room? The hundred million dollar agent. They're not in the room talking about Slack. Yeah. They're not in the room talking about what chatbot they're going to use. They're not in the room talking about all this stuff. Why? Because they're busy running efficiencies and running spot checks and doing all those other things, and maybe those chatbots will fit into that model eventually, but I'm going to make sure my basic stuff is down first before I worry about all this shiny stuff. So when you go to these conferences, again, it's not the $150 million, $200 million agencies that are in the room talking about all the latest, greatest, how we're going to change the world. It's the three to five, three to $10 million revenue agencies that are sitting in there because they haven't bought into or they haven't figured out yet, get the basics in order. Get these things working and then fill in around those things. Yeah. So what what advice would you give an agency that is consistently having, you know, like I said, the spot checking is not, Mm -hmm. you know, going well with, could be one individual, it could be multiple individuals, but it's consistently not getting better. Okay. Um, how do you how do you turn the ship, or at what point do you decide this it's not going to improve? It starts with your 
written standards. You've heard me say this before. We talked about this when we were we were in Cleveland, I think, or wherever it was we were sitting and talking. And I said, the reason why Christianity, Judaism, Islam, the reason why they're big is because there's a book. We can always go back to the book. I'm Christian. Does that mean I do everything perfect by the book? No, but I can go to the book and see what I'm supposed to be doing perfect. If you don't have an employee handbook, if you don't have something written that you can address and go and take that person back to, all the spot checking in the world doesn't mean anything. Now you're spot checking your opinion and your emotions. You're not spot checking a written process. Yeah. So first, get an employee handbook. Get a job aid book. Once you have the job aid book, and the person can write it, the person you're spot checking should actually be the one to write the, the spot check or the job aid book because they're the ones who's going to utilize it. Right. Then once we have that in place, then we go into training, time scheduling, when I'm actually going to know. So I'll let you know I'm going to come Tuesday and spot check this. You know, I'm not just going to show up and, ah, you know, scare you. <laughs> no. I'm Surprise. Not, right. I'm coming in Tuesday and I'm spot checking this to make sure that this is good because I'm giving you time to get it right. If you do that, then it boils down to two things. Either a person can't do it or they won't do it. If they can't do it, retrain them. If they still can't do it, retrain them again. And if they still can't do it, either fire them or move them to a different position. Yeah. Okay. If they won't do it, then you either are going to have to try to train them again or you need some type of repercussion. This is one of the big problems in an agency. Ryan, Ryan Hanley and I had a discussion about this on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Ryan says, Billy, the reason why agents won't do what you ask them to do is because they have no repercussions, you know, for their staff. It's like the only repercussion I have is, I have to fire you. Billy says, if you're not doing this and you won't do it, I got to fire you. And I'm not going to fire you because you've been here for 20 years. You worked for my dad and then my dad gave me the agency and you know, I'm not firing you. So therefore the process can't stick. This is why we put things in place that are repercussions, not bonuses, but repercussions. Our primary repercussion is enhanced pay. Enhanced pay is your salary is $75,000 a year, okay? But only 60,000 of that is guaranteed. Mm. We're paying you 75. So we're writing the check for 75,000 or breaking it down into 12 month increments or bi-weekly increments, whatever, of $75,000. Right. But if I spot check this and you're not doing something that we have put on your KPI list, key performance indicator list, mm -hmm. or on our spot check list, I now got $15,000 I can play with. So that might mean your next check is $600 lighter because I only guaranteed you 60. The right. 75 was your salary. It's like a football player. If you do everything right, you're going to get this $10 million contract. But if you don't get in the amount of games that you're supposed to play, if you don't make the amount of tackles you're supposed to tackle, if you don't, you know, make the rushing yards, then you're not going to get that whole 10 million. You're only going to get this part of it. So I take that model with enhanced pay. That way I don't have to fire you. But now you got to go explain to your husband why your check is $600, $600 lighter. Or explain to your wife why your check is $600 lighter because you don't want to send an email. Because yeah. you won't send a text message. Because you won't update a note in our AMS. Right. Now you go explain that to your spouse. Yeah. So that's how enhanced pay works for us. So I think your original question is, what do you do when it doesn't work? Start with an employee handbook. Start with written. If it's not on a list, it doesn't exist. Retrain. Okay. Yeah. Retrain. And then have some type of repercussion. And the easiest repercussion we found is the enhanced pay. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Enhanced pay. It, so it sounds really fun. And then you realize maybe you don't get to have that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing we found. When a person loses their enhanced pay the first time, it tells me about them. One of two things is going to happen. They're either going to get their act together or they're going to start looking for another job. Yeah. Okay? If they get their act together, that means they took responsibility. Dang, all he asked me to do was send this email, send this text message, update this note, fill out this form, and I didn't do it. Okay, I get it. Now I'm going to do it. Or you got the, man, I've been doing it the same way, this way, and they're trying to screw me over, and you know what? And, or you got the victim mentality. You know, oh, this is stupid. I don't know why they're doing this. Ever since they brought this guy in here, you know, the, the agency sucks now. I can't wait to go find another job. Well, go find another job because this isn't the right place for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need these things in place to maximize what we do. We gave you a job. You didn't give us an ownership. Yeah. Okay. We gave you a job. We just want you to do your job well so that you can maximize what you're doing and we can maximize what we're doing. And sometimes it's just not a good fit, but the agent becomes hostage to the staff person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they have been there for 20 years and they have been doing it this way. Okay. Let them do the things they do. Great. Leave them alone. You're just asking them to modify the things they do good and the things that they do okay. But you need those things to pick up the pace in order to make your agency better. Right, right. So when it comes to agencies really looking, I mean, we're, we're about halfway through the first month um, okay. of January of 2020. And so hopefully there's, everybody's still got a lot of momentum behind their goals. And sometimes we, can lose that momentum. Agents um, don't start working until February. You know that, right? Oh, no, I, I didn't. Agents, I, don't, I agents rarely do anything in January. <laughs> they do a lot of talk yes. in January, but most of the activity actually starts in February. So what should they be doing right now so that they can hit the ground running in February? I didn't, really, I, I didn't get the month off, so I'm very disappointed I didn't know about this. <laughs> no, I'm not saying they were off. I'm saying January is their planning month. Okay. You know, which means yeah. I'm going to sit around and at the office or at the golf course and think about what <laughs> I want to do, but I'm not actually doing anything until February. Yeah. So right now what there's what they should do is they should sit down and look at all of their existing processes. And if you don't have processes, now's the time to think about writing out your processes. Mm -hmm. And you can do this one of two ways. If you have written processes, spot check and see if people are actually doing the process the way it was written. If you don't have written processes, ask Judy or Bob or Dave to list out what they actually do. Okay, so yeah. people say, oh, I'm, a, I'm a commercial guy. Okay, well, then tell me how you get the contact. How do you keep up with them? How do you promote this? How do you do that? Let me know what it is that you're trying to do. So that's what they should be doing right now, getting their list, their process and workflows and checklists together. You know, I think it would be interesting to go. Oh, what happened? Oh, okay. Are we, are you back? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. Just, yeah, it, it just happens. Um, so I think it would be interesting just to sit down with, or not even sit down, but talk to the, the different roles and say, what is it that you do? Because how often do we go back and revisit that? Things do change. Um, and I don't I don't know how often, you know, you go back to your, your service people and say, what is it that you do during the day? And then how does that, where do processes maybe need to be modified or updated? Or, you know, what, what kind of stuff has, has changed in the business? And I, I don't know if we reassess that as often as we should. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, we validate every quarter. Okay. So every quarter we go in and say, okay, let's look at your checklist yep. and let's see if you're following this, if you're doing this. And we don't, we don't validate everything. I'm only looking at, remember I said the four things you do great? Yep. So I'm looking at the four things that you do that make us the most money. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm not going to spend a bunch of time over here. I, I think of it like a car. If my car is a hoopty, Okay, putting new rims on that car doesn't make it not a hoopty. It's still a hoopty, which means I want to make sure my engine is running. 
you know? Yeah. So that's what I want to know most. So I'm going to do the four things with, with our staff. I want to know the four, I want to know the four things that's making the agency the most money, whether that's sales, retention, whatever that is. I want to know the four things and I want to make sure that we're validating those four things. The other things we'll train on, we'll keep up with, or whatever. But if I can get you to do these four things, now you figure if there's five people in an office mm-hmm. and those, each of those five people are doing four things great, there's no way my agency can't grow. Right, right. You've got your basic. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we do. Every quarter we valid, validate those four things they do that make the agency the most money. So you had mentioned something before, which okay. I know I've heard you talk about in in other conversations, but the policy weakness email. Yeah. So I if I were if I'm recalling this correctly, I was fascinated by it when I first heard about it. But can you can you elaborate on it a little bit? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. A policy weakness is is something where if you don't have this coverage or this amount of coverage and you had a claim this is going to bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly how I say it to our customers when I'm working with an agent, because I'm still licensed in all 50 states. So I'll go into an agency, one of our partner agencies, and I'll work there for a day or two. And I'll actually interact with customers. So I'll say, okay, John, Judy, Bob, whatever. I'm looking at your policy. And you've got some weaknesses that really jump out at me. And a weakness means if you were to have a claim, this is going to bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, what do you mean? Well, as an example, I see that you have, I'll take something simple. I see that you have $20 a day rental, car rental. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but you drive a 2019 Escalade, yep. Denali. <laughs> okay. So that means if you're in a claim, I'm hoping that you'll, you're fine with a Prius because that's what you are going to get. Yeah. Well, but but I got six kids and they play sports. And then, then this $20 a day is a serious weakness on your policy because this is all you're going to get. Even if you're not at fault, what you have to understand, if you're not at fault and you don't use your own insurance, your rental, it's the other company that decides how much they want to pay toward a rental car. Mm-hmm. And so let's take um, USAA. USAA, their standard is $25 a day or $30 a day, depending on where you are. That's it. So even if their insured hits you and you're driving a Lamborghini, the most they're going to give you is $30 per day. Right. So now imagine if you got $30 per day do theirs and $20 a day on yours. You're screwed. So you really need $75 or $100 a day rental. So this weakness is what I'm identifying right here. And then, but identifying the weakness is only half the battle. For us, the next step is I'm going to send you a declined coverage form, an electronic declined coverage form that's going to list the weaknesses that we discussed. Because I want it in your face. I want you to know that I'm not just saying, oh, you got a problem, you got a weakness, you know. No, I'm, I'm going to send it to you. Whether you sign it or whether you don't, I don't care. I'm just going to send it because I've done my job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's the policy weakness. And so when we train, we train on what to look for. Home, no flood. You know, uh, home, auto, pup, no life. $500,000 home, no jewelry, no SPP coverage, you know, a scheduled personal property. I've got a, a business that I'm renting with no business flood coverage. So every policy has like a set weakness that we look for. Yeah. And our num- our number one weakness is either reduced or no uninsured and underinsured motor. Hmm. So even when we're quoting, you know, I told you we, we, we talk about three pots of money, money for you and your family, money for others you end up owing, and then money to repair or replace what you choose to insure. Well, if you ask a person, what would you like me to start with? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, money for me and my family. Right. You know? And so on an auto policy, what's the biggest pot of money that's going to come to you and your family? Uninsured and underinsured motors. 
So if you don't have the right amount, that's a weakness. Right. So policy weakness is nothing more than what people say, oh, I point out problems, I point out this, I point out that. We call it weakness because of the emotional and the psychological aspect of the word weakness. Because if we just try to upsell you, you have no credibility. Oh, you know, you know what really would make good for you if you had this right here, if you added this, and you know, you should really think about, you're just trying to sell me something. You're not really helping me, you're just trying to sell me something. But when I say you've got a real weakness on your policy that's going to bite you in the ass if you ever have a claim, and I want to make sure you're not blaming us for it. So I want to explain it, and then I'm going to send you over electronic decline coverage form. And you can either sign it, not sign it, it's up to you, but we're going to send it because I want to make sure you understand that this is a real weakness. Now you just became a consultant versus an order taker. Yes. There are a couple of things that I – that. I picked up on. For one, you made the explanation very simple. Um, but then it seems like, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but for each line of coverage, you kind of have, like, you guys have a list. Like, yes. These are the things you're going to identify in each one of these policies. And you're going to say, yes, this is adequate, or no, this isn't, and we need to point this out as a, as a weakness when we have the conversation with the client. Yeah. Yeah. And then and- there's always a conversation happening. This isn't, I just send you an email and you better figure out what I mean by this email. We had a customer, uh, I told you my big thing is I love writing airports because they're very complicated. You know, you got to have seven different carriers involved and you got all, all this other stuff and all these different endorsements and all these. I love it because I, I love making the complicated simple. Yep. So we had a customer that we just ended up writing a little small airport for. We sent that customer seven decline coverage forms in a one-year period. Had nothing to do with the airport. This was we sent decline coverage form because they they did an endorsement. They had a claim. They had a birthday. They were scheduled for a policy review. They added a driver to their policy. So we did all this. We kept sending out, and the customer was was in the office. This was in Georgia. I happened to be in the office. The customer was in the office complaining because we sent them all those decline coverage forms, okay. right? Because our decline coverage form is not it's, it's not specific to a coverage. We just kind of throw it the different coverages on one form. Yeah. He's like, you guys keep sending me this form and you keep doing that and da da da. I was in the office and I was like, we keep sending it to you because you don't you keep making these dumbass decisions. You know, you keep turning down coverage. That's going to benefit you. That's why we keep sending them. I said, what do you do? Oh, I own an airport. I said, so if your pilot said, you keep telling me to check my plane every day. You know, I checked my plane, but you keep wanting to know the log and you keep wanting to know. what. Why would you feel about that? You go, I, I wouldn't let that pilot fly out of my airport. I said, then I don't want my people not doing what they're supposed to do simply because it irritates you. Right. He goes, do you guys write airports, by the way? And we ended up with like a $100,000 a month premium or something like that because of the decline coverage form. Now, that's a victory, okay? There are always going to be losses, and there are always going to be victories. And here's the deal. The only loss is when we don't do what we're supposed to do. Right, right. Okay? It's not our job to spend a customer's money. It's not our job to try to make them happy. It's not our job to try and keep them satisfied. Our job is to offer the coverage that will best protect a customer's quality of life should a claim occur. That's our job. Right. And if that happens to irritate a customer because our process irritates them, then we just need to explain. The reason why you're irritated is because we keep sending it to you. And the reason why we keep sending it to you is because it's not a good decision. So if you want to continue to make bad decisions, we may not be the best agency for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the walk that walk away, having that this is this is the line in the sand. And yeah. if we yeah, and if we if we can't we can't get that, then we need to we need to move on and you know, we're not we're not the right place for you. I think that could be um, a tough thing. How do you how do you help agents work around the mindset of selling on price? 
activities. It has nothing to do with, with this. Remember I said don't work, don't worry about the mindset, just worry about the activity. Mm-hmm. So that means on the endorsement process, well no, it starts with the new customer. So at the new customer process, we're going to get permission to text message you. We're going to send out the decline coverage form based on the weakness. We're going to get a referral. You and I have talked about this before. A person who writes you a Google testimonial will stay with you three times longer than a person who doesn't write you a Google testimonial. Because I can't tell the world you're awesome today and then tell the world you suck tomorrow. Right. Okay. So if it's out there in the public domain that I said you were amazing, I got to stick with this. Yeah. You know, I got to ride with this. So these are things that we do that the price isn't as important. I will give you the price that you're comfortable paying, but you're going to have to understand what we recommend. Okay. So we recommend 100, 300 on, on this. We recommend that you have uh, this additional coverage. We recommend flood. We recommend this. Now you may not want it, right? but I need you to sign the decline coverage form that said we recommended it. And then you pay for what you want to pay for. Now I'm not in your wallet. I'm not balancing your checkbook for you. That's you. I've done my job, which is offer you the coverage that's going to best protect your quality of life. Mm -hmm. And you've done your job, which is decide what you want to pay for. But I don't ever want you walking down the street and suddenly leaving me because this agent did a better job than I did. If you leave me because somehow, first of all, I'm independent, there shouldn't be a cheaper price. Hell, I write the same carriers that everybody else writes, so there shouldn't be a cheaper price. But if you happen to leave me because somehow the agent finagled something to get you a cheaper price, I want you to know what those weaknesses were. Right. And especially I'm dealing with my captive guy. You know, captives, they're struggling out here because they have to turn away 80% of everyone they talk to. Think about that. You, you got yeah. one product. Yeah. One product. Most captive carriers only want 15 to 20 percent of a business of the business in one geographic area. Yeah. Which means it's by design that you turn away eight out of every 10 customers when you quote them. So that means those care they tend to finagle the coverage a little bit. They tend to finagle some different things. That's fine if they say, well, they can get me a cheaper price. Cool. Okay. They can get you a cheaper price. Send me your deck page because I can't cancel your policy without a copy of your deck page. That's one of our that's one of our processes. Mm-hmm. I'm not canceling your policy until I know there's another coverage in place. Okay. So send me your deck page. And now I'm looking at the deck page. Well, yeah, because they went from 100, 300 down to 5,100. They insured your home for $300,000. We had a replacement cost of $360,000. They didn't give you water backup. We included water backup. So now you got all these weaknesses. So guess what we do? We send the decline coverage form again. Now this isn't our customer. This is someone okay. who's leaving our agency. Okay. We send the decline coverage form again saying based on the deck page you provided us, these are the weaknesses that you need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. So we send it again. See, that's a process. That's a culture. And a lot of agents go, oh, we don't have time to do that. Well, then what do we have time to do? Because here's the deal. You're either going to have time to put out the fire or cause the fire. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's what you're doing. When you're not putting processes in place, you're causing fire. You're not putting out fires. And a lot of agents are arsons. They spend all day putting out fires that they cause. Yeah. Because they don't have processes. Yeah. So I don't know kind of what I hope that answered your question. No, this is great. This is great. We're actually we we have we have filled an entire hour, and I I I have one more I have one more question that I'd like to close with. But if you you are they commenting? Are they getting something out of this? There's 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 some there's no questions. There's there's comments. Somebody somebody said you should keep preaching. Uh, well, you know what? My grandfather was a Baptist preacher, so you know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's um, it's in, I can tell it's in your blood for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you can boil it down to one piece of advice to give agents that are, you know, there's any size agency, like what's mm-hmm. what's one thing that they should really put an emphasis on 
to be successful this year? Have written processes. I know it sounds so simple, but it's true. Have written processes. And then the second thing, part 1B, is just spot check those processes. You know, don't just have stuff to be to say stuff. Don't tell your kid, oh, if you don't take the trash out. Mama's going to be mad. And they go, mom's always mad. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, spot check it. So that's what I would say. Starting today, start working on your written processes. And shameless plug, we have a two-day workshop called the Fix My Insurance Agency Workshop. We do five times a year. You come in for two days, and that's what we do. We Break down every process, the 23 core processes we've identified that it takes to run an agency. So if you guys are really lost as to where to start, first thing I would tell you is check out our podcast. And you can do that by texting Easy Inspire, E-Z, E-Z the letters, E-Z, Inspire to 313131. That's how simple it is. You'll get our podcast with Ryan and Mitch and, you know, Everyone that we've done a podcast with. So check that out first. See if we get some good information there. And then take a look at our workshop if you guys are really, really lost. Thank you for giving yeah. for allowing me that shameless plug. I oh, yeah, it. absolutely. And I I think there's plenty of people that have been through your workshop that would give rave reviews about how it has changed the way they operated and helped them. So really, when are we going to really drive there? When are you coming down? I will give you a complimentary seat. <laughs> when are you coming down? As, as soon as I can. Jeez, it's a lot warmer there than it is here. Um, so, yeah, and how else do they get a hold of you? Getting a hold of me is difficult. I'm not even going to It is difficult, but where, where can they find you? Right. You can find out information. Again, the easiest way to, to get information from us is go to our website, inspireanation.org. Okay, inspireanation.org. Dot org. There's that preacher part, I guess, right? <laughs> FireANation.org. There you can sign up for our freemium. We call it a freemium, not a premium. You can sign up for our freemium membership, which gives you our newsletters, our podcasts, our YouTube channel, invites to our training webinars. If you like what you've heard today, you should engage with us because I engage with Agency Nation, with Olivia, with, with everybody. You should You should engage with us if you like what you heard. If you just want our podcast, Easy Inspire at 313131, just text Easy Inspire, and that's going to give you access to all of our podcasts. Getting in touch with me, I'm just being honest, I have 160 plus partners. I have a thousand plus members that are paid members. My time is dedicated to those folks. So, if we happen to see somewhere, meet somewhere, hang out by the elevator and talk for an hour, I'm all about it. I will <laughs> love it. But to get on my schedule, it's nearly impossible. Unless you're part of my revenue stream, it's pretty much impossible to get in touch with me. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So absorb his content <laughs> in whatever way that you can. Um, but, yeah, so and I think your website probably – gives your schedule as to where like events that you're going to be at. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So check that out. And yeah, but otherwise hopefully, I mean, our paths will cross soon. I think Always. a couple, couple of months we'll be seeing each other again. So hopefully everybody is able to uh, make it to elevate. It'll be a good time. And, and anywhere else that Billy's going to be, you're, you're, you're never going to walk away without learning something. Well, thank you. Life yes. lessons. I told you my kids are like, damn, another life lesson. Here yes. we go. Yes, so, always life lessons with Billy. So, because I'm always looking for life lessons. And I want yes. to understand, I'm not the know-it-all guy that's always talking. I'm listening and, and wanting. And if I'm in the room and I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Right. Okay. I want to be the dumbest person in the room so I can learn from those people that are much smarter than me. It's just when you're in my room... I want to make sure I'm passing on wisdom and experience to you as well. Yes, and you always do. Thank so, you, ma'am. Yes. Well, thank you for your time today, and I can't wait until I get to see you again. We'll catch up soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.